Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Empire. Player tracking continues to modernize. We have two LiDAR sensors that are sitting in the stadium, and they essentially pick up any movement on, on the football pitch uh, up to a fraction of a centimeter. It's very, very detailed. It scans the, the entire environment in a 3D uh, setting. That's Raph Koistermans, CEO of Sportlight. He's helping teams learn more about their players' productivity. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Everyone is looking to improve their skill, performance, and agility, and teams want data to understand how their players are performing at peak. And that's where Sportlight is hoping to help teams and players thrive collectively. Our guests this week are Ben Tabiter, who's the Chief Commercial Officer, and Raf Koistermans, who is the CEO of Sportlight, which is an athlete tracking system using AI. It is in motion in international soccer and one NBA team. So let's get into modern athletic tracking. Hi, guys. How are you? Very good. Thanks. Great to be on the show, Ram. Um, okay. Tell us a little bit about what you guys do. Right. So Sportlight, as you mentioned, I think we are an athlete tracking solution. We think of ourselves as the next generation athlete tracking. We're using LiDAR as our core technology. And LiDAR, most people know from autonomous vehicles, self-driving cars. It's a very powerful laser-based technology um, that is significantly better in the sense that it's more accurate and more consistent than uh, what we call legacy technologies uh, currently used mostly in elite sports, which are either um, sensor-based, be it GPS or RF solutions, wearables typically, or camera-based. And LiDAR is a very different technology, so it's a fundamentally different way to measure athletes. And the the, the, the real value is really in the accuracy. Like LiDAR allows us to go a lot deeper into what an athlete does, how they move. Um, we call it deeper performance insight. It's still very much based around the, the physicality, like how athletes actually move the accelerations, the turns, the change of directions in basketball, in the future, jumps. But at a much more granular level than current uh, technologies allow. And I think that is very important for things like injury prevention, but also performance management, performance uh, enhancement, talent development. Um, to really look after top athletes, you really need to understand at a very uh, yeah, at a very deep level exactly how are these uh, how are these people moving? What is it that uh, yeah, what is it that they're doing when they accelerate? How do they accelerate? How do they decelerate the biomechanical loads? When they, uh, when they do a fast turn, for example, in soccer or in basketball. Um, that's basically where we come in. Like This is kind of a, what we believe will be the gold standard in performance management, essentially. How did you end up turning to this technology? Why, why did you find it to be superior? 
Um, so LiDAR has been around for a while. I think Sportlight specifically actually came out of a UK military project. I was not involved in any of that, uh, but it's a cool, uh, it's a cool origin story, uh, so to speak. Um, I got involved with uh, people behind the military technology um, a couple of years ago after I sold my last startup. I was actively looking for something in, in sports, always been very passionate about sports. Um, and we basically together realized that there is really uh, something we can do. The, the, the main value of the, the military project was around providing very accurate measurement of movements around what they call forward operating bases. Um, temporary bases in places like Afghanistan back then and Iraq to an extent. Um, and we basically realized there is potential to bring this really powerful technology into the more peaceful world of uh, professional yeah. sports. And we started speaking with some uh, sports organizations and also academics, basically understanding a little bit like what is the what technologies are currently used, what are the, the main limitations, the shortcomings, what can be done better. How can this technology provide insights that you currently don't have? Um, and one thing led uh, to another. Um, we have been building building from a very early prototype with, um, with a handful of people to the organization we are today. And uh, Ben is here to also help us now get to the next level, where it's basically moving from building, uh, we're still going to keep building, but also to really start commercializing and building a commercial uh, enterprise uh, on top of all the R&D efforts that we have done over the last couple of years. Okay, Ben, can you talk about your role with the company? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been, <coughs> excuse me, been brought in to effectively monetize existing partners. So at the moment, our reach is within the premiership. We have 19 of 20 teams on the platform. And as Raf said, there's been, a, if you like, an R&D stage through the company over the years, and I've been brought into, as I said, monetize and commercialize those existing partners. So if you like, I'm the money guy going out into the market, talking to clubs, and uh, we're already, we've met, I think I'm in week four, and we've met with five clubs already in person, uh, which has been a breath of fresh air in terms of the last few years in any case, but uh, yeah, monetizing existing partners. Ben, you have a background um, working as an executive for major soccer clubs, especially in Syria. Um, can you talk about technology and what you've seen in what we're talking about here, which is player development, load management, all of these items that Raf is talking about? How, how have you kind of seen that on the level of working directly with a club and, and how has it moved forward? Yeah, my, my experience in Serie A, Bram, was actually quite a long time ago. Um, I was at Juventus for four or five seasons um, in 2009 to 2014. I was working with Juventus and technology then was very much on the player performance side and I was actually in the sponsorship area and hospitality. So I um, commercialized the new Juventus stadium and had some other duties for the club commercially and then worked through uh, another agency called Sport5 in Paris on various stadium projects and pivoted technology about six or seven years ago. And since then, I've been working within the sponsorship space, um, providing uh, technology platforms for football clubs. So to answer your question on Serie A, I'm 
fairly far away from actual technology platforms uh, there, but we will get there. We're very focused on the Premiership today, as I said, and then also we're working a little bit in the NBA, and then we will turn our focus back into Europe with other leagues like the Bundesliga, La Liga, and Serie A, and possibly League One. What what I think, what we liked in in Ben's profile is not necessarily kind of a deep understanding of the performance technology part of things, but in understanding technology in a broader sense. I think um, what we are delivering with Sportlight is a relatively complex technology platform. Uh, It's also a scalable and a modular uh, platform. It's a little bit different from some solutions out there which are essentially boxed products, which are essentially, there's a specific unit or a specific product that has a certain number of features and you essentially try to ship as many boxes uh, as, as you can. That is some the model that some, uh, we call them legacy uh, companies, uh, legacy technologies out there are using. Our system is a little bit different and in the sense uh, it's a little bit more, I would say, in line with some of the solutions that Ben has been working on in his past, even though they were not necessarily on the performance side of the, of the equation. Um, Selling complex software solutions, I think, is essentially what we are doing. You're selling not just a box product, you're selling a vision, you're selling something that is a SaaS product, essentially, subscription-based software with lots of different ways to use it. And every club can essentially create their own solutions based on their needs. Some clubs are much more focused on injury prevention for the first team squad in the Premier League. Um, Other teams are very much focused on developing young players and basically creating either commercial value from the improvement in in these players or by essentially using those players to play in the first team so they don't have to use the transfer market. So every club can essentially find their own way to use our solutions and create their own modules or use the the modules that uh, make most sense. And I think that is quite similar in what Ben has been working on in in a different part of the industry, of course. But I think that was definitely one of the things that, uh, that, that that we saw in him. Um, Raf, how do you collect the data? Can you take me through that? Yeah. So we have two LiDAR sensors. So currently we're mostly focused on the stadiums. Or, um, and the, so we're focusing on the games predominantly at this point in time. We are working on a training ground at the practice facility solution as well. So eventually the vision is to create a 360 degree coverage of athletes from the gym, the training facility, the stadium. But right now, the main focus is on the stadium. Um, We have two LiDAR sensors that are sitting uh, in the stadium, and they essentially pick up any movement on on the football pitch uh, up to a fraction of a centimeter. It's very, very detailed. It scans the the entire environment in a 3D uh, setting. And that's what LiDAR does. That allows us to uh, essentially understand, yeah, for every Thing that happens on the pitch, uh, yeah. Who is who is uh, accelerating? Who is decelerating? We can track players throughout the game. So once we have identified a player, we essentially follow them. The lighters follow them throughout the game. Uh, that allows us to create very detailed profiles. We basically know, um, yeah, up to a fraction of a centimeter, what players are are are, are doing. Um, and that, that is that is essentially the. The key ingredient, if you want, of uh, of everything we built. So we essentially built analytics, advanced analytics modules using the core data that we collect uh, during games. And how about the players? Do they have access to this? Do they get to see their data? Yeah, it depends a bit on the club. So we are 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 
customers are the Premier League clubs right now and soon hopefully international clubs as well. And every club basically determines how they use that data and how much they share with players uh, and so on. I think it depends a little bit on typically also the management style of uh, organizations. It's not really kind of up to us to, to, to tell clubs how they should use it. Increasingly, and I think yeah, you've probably heard this in, in, from other people as well, increasingly athletes are data hungry. Yeah. They want to know how they are performing, how they are performing against their, uh, their fellow players, how they are performing against the league, uh, are they amongst the top 5% or the bottom, and for, for which metrics. Um, so what we are hearing and the feedback we're getting from, from certain clubs in the Premier League is very much like they like our data because it also helps them explain to players why they need to do certain things. Like I'll give you one example, as you can appreciate, I can't name the player or the club, but there is one uh, a forward a striker from a club who uh, is very important for their club, really, really important. They need to get uh, keep him fit uh, at all costs. Uh, he scores a lot of goals, really, really important player. He hates working in the gym. Like he doesn't mind being on the on the pitch, running, <laughs> no problem. Hates working in the gym, working with weights. Now, what we have found in his profile is that he actually needs gym work to become a more robust, a more complete athlete. He is still relatively prone to injuries. Um, his kind of profile that we identified requires him to actually become a, a bit more robust, a bit more muscular. So it, our our system essentially allows the, the SNC coaches, the strength and conditioning coaches or the physios to essentially have a conversation with a player based on data and also explain to the player that the reason why they're going to send him to the gym, even though he doesn't like it, is not to, to annoy him, but to essentially make him a more complete athlete, a better athlete. And also potentially to, um, to explain a little bit the value of this for his personal career, his personal career development by showing things like league benchmarks. Like if we can make you increase 10% on these metrics, that basically will put you in the top 10% in the Premier League. And it's a very powerful story. And if you can actually back that up with data, I think that player will be much more likely. I don't think he's suddenly going to like going to the gym uh, by the sound of it, but at least it creates a narrative and a motivational aspect where you can actually use the data to explain something to a player that is not, not purely based on the authority aspect of the coach tells you you have to do X, therefore you have to do X. I think there's, it goes a lot deeper and I think it helps to, yeah, to motivate that player and also to get the, the best out of him. This episode is brought to you by Chalk and Dog, which brings together the vast experience and expertise of two of the brightest agencies in media, sports, wagering, and gaming. With deep roots in the UK and the US, the agency offers expert guidance in everything from market entry to market expansion for startups as well as established global brands powered by best-in-class communication and creative experts. Chalk and Dog has vast international experience and delivers results-oriented, tailor-made solutions for B2B and B2C organizations. Sharing the information can go both ways. Uh, if this player knows that he's ultimately in the top 10%, the contractual incentive of knowing that information is enormous for his earning power. Exactly. On the other side of it, there are some people that are either underperforming and maybe the team wants them to know this or don't, or are performing better than expected, but don't want them to know that for contractual reasons as well. So this is an interesting spot you guys are in with teams as they try to figure out how they're going to use information like this. 
It's true, but as I said, I think it depends a little bit up to the organization. I think we basically see our role as providing high-quality information to improve decision-making within organizations. Like It is not our job to say yeah. what that decision needs to be. There is also a lot of context that we don't have. Like We basically have very high-end, very accurate systems that cover uh, physical movements of, of the athletes. There's a whole lot of other things, the mental aspects, the motivational aspects, maybe their personal situation, family, relationships, that also is important when working with athletes that we obviously are not a party of. So um, we basically want to provide teams with the best possible data to help with decision-making, to help also explaining to their players uh, and get the best out of them, essentially. Ben, tell me about the pitch when you, you tell them this is something that they'll want, they can use, and they need. What, what are you telling them? So we're there, obviously, to provide value. And um, thankfully, a lot of our prospects today already have been on the platform. They're seeing the value. It makes our job somewhat easier. But what we're providing in terms of financial model is software as a service. So we're providing a license or a subscription as a baseline of features within the platform. So that gets you on the platform. And then we have modules on top of that license, which we will sell in and um, provide value through those through those modules. So those modules might be player development, fatigue flag, a rehab system, uh, match reporting, whatever those products might be, that's what we talk to them about. Okay. Um, I think all the, right. the core. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. If I would just just chip in, I would say like the the, the core is all around deeper performance insights. So I would say that's basically if you want to like narrow down the pitch in those three words, that would be it. Like it's basically it's about performance. It's even physical performance mostly. Um, it's deeper in the sense that this is not we are not there to just give you the same answers but ten percent better. Um, our system essentially allows you to also ask different questions. I think that's that's quite important. It's deeper, it's more granular. It basically allows you to go deeper in understanding how an athlete performs compared to their peers. And it's also about insights. We don't see ourselves as a data pump. That's quite important. Like I think uh, it, it's a bit of a of a trap almost for sports tech solutions, especially, especially hardware-based solutions that um, organizations might think of you as essentially raw data providers. Um, we see ourselves very much as an organization that delivers insights, that delivers intelligence, uh, that delivers yeah, insights about athletes and, and their and their performance compared to themselves, their fellow athletes in the same team or um, other athletes in the same in the same competition and league. Uh, that's essentially what it comes down to, and I think there's a lot of a lot of components to it. I think, as Ben mentioned, we can talk about player development, we can talk about fatigue monitoring, we can talk about talent development. If you want to include, for example, youth uh, youth players and youth development, um, how you translate that uh, for your specific organization, it is a very modular solution. So clubs can still pick and choose, but I think it all comes down to we want to help you understand uh, at a much deeper level. Like, what performance looks like uh, for your athletes. Okay. Let me ask you just a broad question before I let you go, which you may not be able to answer because you're supplying a service and the teams and the leagues can do 
whatever they want with this data and use it to their benefit. But all of this data coming in, and you had mentioned one that's a big topic here in the United States, load management, where a number of players are taking time off at the behest of science and data that's better for their bodies. There is a toggle here between what is the responsibility of players to just play, even if they're not at 100% because of paying customers. Um, do you have any viewpoint of how all of this data being collected and being used by teams and leagues may ultimately change schedules or change sports? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big question. Uh, it's a big question. I think it's an interesting question. I think that there is a vision. I think um, when we talk with the NBA, um, it's early days. I just want to caveat that it's very early for us in the NBA. We have one team that we're working with, our development partner. We have a prototype in the NBA. We're a bit more mature in soccer. But in the NBA, there's an interest. There's a lot of interest in a couple of areas. Um, not just to, to, the superior accuracy is important, obviously, but there is one thing. Um, there's something called. I think Ben mentioned it. The fatigue flag, and the fatigue flag is essentially an AI-based algorithm that spots signs of underlying fatigue or abnormal fatigue because a, a player will naturally fatigue if you play a game you will be more fatigued at the end than you were in the beginning that's not that's not exactly a new insight but there might be things that indicate that there is something that is yeah what we call an abnormal pattern which could indicate there is something not 100% right for that player maybe there is the beginning of an injury or a certain tightness or a biomechanical or overloads, like maybe the player needs to need, need some rest, but there is something that we can spot through the, the superior accuracy of the system that indicates there is, there is something there. Um, currently, the, that is uh, provided post-game. So we basically, essentially, we kind of review the data and we tell the teams there is three players that we spotted that, yeah, that we have flagged. So you should probably have a kind of an assessment, maybe sit down with the physio or the doctor, have a, a conversation with the player and see if that actually aligns. And so far I would say that, yeah, uh, definitely I would say in almost 100% of the cases that the system has been right, uh, like, which is interesting. Now in the NBA, obviously different from soccer in the sense that you can essentially substitute players throughout the game and minute management is an important concept. And Having kind of potentially real-time fatigue data um, is something that is very important as a concept for the NBA. We're not there yet, but in theory, the system could potentially, in a scientifically valid way, provide real-time fatigue insights. Um, again, not, not today, not tomorrow, but the system can definitely get to that point. And these are quite important. I think they benefit both the team and the athlete because if you can have very detailed real-time fatigue insights um, obviously that's good for the team because you can really manage a little bit who should be playing at this very second who are the best players um, who, is the, who are the fittest players the fastest players but also for the athlete to really protect their wellness and their well-being by making sure that they don't go into the red zone by basically potentially also giving them some uh, a way to, to, to monitor exactly um, why am I being subbed? Like, what is the what is the reasoning behind it? So I think these are a couple of things that, that we can that the technology would potentially allow us to do, which I think benefits or should benefit both the athletes and and the team. All right, Ben. Last thing, um, Raf had brought up youth sports. Um, do you see? an application for youth sports with this. This is a lot of intricate information. It would have to be filtered down probably differently than, say, a team that has doctors and 
people who are educated on this type of matter. Um, do you see an application for this type of information filtering into youth sports internationally? I, I hope so, and I think so. And I think it's it's not going to happen overnight. But one thing that is really working to our advantage is the significant advances in LiDAR technology. And we can't even take that much credit for that being sport type because we don't own, like, we don't build LiDAR technology ourselves. Um, but there is, driven by the automotive industry, there is significant investment going into LiDARs. And LiDARs are becoming significantly more powerful, higher resolution, they're becoming smaller. And they're becoming cheaper as well at the same time, which is not something you see very often in technology, that you get a combination of technology becoming better, uh, more powerful, and cheaper. Usually it's kind of one or, one or the other. Um, again, I want to be a little bit careful uh, that we don't create false expectations, but given where LiDAR is going, I do definitely see a future in a couple of years' time, potentially, where this system is no longer just for the elite uh, teams and can potentially be rolled out in grassroots sports, schools, education, um, I definitely think um, there is there, there is something there that, that could potentially become a reality. And the fact that we have so much data from elite athletes can also potentially be baked into something, either uh, benchmarking or to inspire players. But also if you think about elite athletes, and you almost think of them from a, let's say, let's call it a medical point of view. These are the best of us from a physical point of view, right? These are almost superhumans. So if we understand from these elite athletes how they move, how they avoid injuries, how they improve performance, not every kid is ever going to replicate that, unfortunately, but there might well be things we can learn that are actually applicable for yeah for a lot of people. Maybe not to get to play at an elite level, but to maybe improve in general um, effectiveness, biomechanical side of things, avoid injuries. There could even be cases, again, talking about the long term uh, right now, but this could be used, for example, for rehabilitation. Someone comes out of a, a car crash, needs to learn how to walk again or run again. I think the insights that we are building within Sportlight could potentially be used as well for those uh, for those use cases as well. Raf Koistermans is the CEO. Ben Taverner is the Chief Commercial Officer of Sportlight. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you, Ram. On the next Future Sport Podcast, growing the burgeoning iGaming gambling model. SIS has players that are employed by SIS. They're gamers, and they play within our studios, either in Milton Keynes or in Manchester. And in these studios, they're very secure. They play um, NBA 2K, five-minute quarters, FIFA, and CSGO Wingman. And our key difference is that it's made for betting. That's Michelle Fisher, Vice President of Content for SIS, who is helping the nascent U.S. gambling market expand into non-traditional offerings. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.